What's up, y'all? My name is Morgan Heath Powers, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Real College Talk podcast. This is your destination for honest and relevant post-secondary conversation. In this episode, I'm diving in solo to share a topic with you all that I think has been discussed plenty, but the actual how behind it, um, I find is really lacking, leaving us to go out into the world and figure it out on our own. And there's tons of value in that, but I thought that after experiencing this situation um, pretty much for, for the entire past year, that I would share some of my biggest takeaways and tips for what it really means to be the underdog or to be underqualified for an opportunity or a position or a class or a role or a job that you find yourself in um, and how to ultimately a you know decide if that's if that's something that you should be going for if you're truly ready for it even if you're perhaps underqualified or unqualified and then b how to really rise to the challenge and and make up for maybe what you might be lacking in terms of on paper qualifications so um, First of all, what does it mean to be the underdog in this context? Well, I think a few a few clear examples is one we can look at is is in college applications. We understand the concept of reach schools that, you know, those are schools that are very, very difficult to get into, but maybe also with your credentials, they are reach schools personally for you. So for example, my ACT scores were not my strongest suit when it came to college applications. And so when I would look at these quote reach schools that I was going for, the first time that I took the ACT, I didn't fall within this their their range of average ACT scores. And A that was very discouraging, but but B it's it when you're looking at that, it's like, okay, am I am I completely underqualified? Should I even try to apply? Um, another example that actually inspired this episode is I had a friend of mine who was recently interviewing for a research position in an engineering lab and she is I believe she fo she's focused in mechanical engineering and this was a chemical engineering position and um, and she's very smart very intelligent very passionate about engineering and what she's studying but felt underqualified because it was in a, a, a different focus of engineering and obviously those are totally you know two different fields and so it makes sense that she would you know maybe doubt herself for a moment. Um, but she ended up actually going for that position and she got it. And so that's not always the case. Sometimes we're presented with opportunities where we really do need those on paper qualifications in order to rise to the challenge in order to do a good job. But I know that I can speak from my own experience in taking a step back, deferring my, my formal education for one year to work in the professional world of business that it can be done that you know whether you're missing the the college degree or or the degree in that specific field if maybe you haven't taken those advanced courses that a certain internship or or job opportunity would traditionally ask for um, sometimes those are those are crucial and those are important but oftentimes if you have it within you, if you have the passion and the drive and the hard work ethic to to rise to the challenge you you can do just that um, so I think first the important thing to recognize is, okay, assessing this opportunity and asking yourself why you want to go for it. It's just like anything. We've talked about this on the podcast before. If you are going after that job, that that school as a resume pattern and for nothing more, I would advise that you probably look elsewhere. Um, simply because 
there are other people who are applying to that opportunity who are much more passionate about it and probably a better fit for it than you. So my advice to you would be don't waste your time. If it's, you know, from, from the get, something that doesn't excite you, that you're not interested in, that doesn't forward your your personal goals, your ambitions, your your you know your career. If it's not in line with something that you want to do, or you're not passionate about it, don't waste your time and don't waste the time of the people who are reviewing that application. Move on. Find something that does make you excited, that does forward your personal goals, your ambitions, and what you're working toward. Um, now, if you've answered the question of why, you know that you're passionate about this, you know that it excites you, you know that some way or another you have the ability to really be good in that position or in that school or in that opportunity, now I think the really important question is why not? And this is not a rhetorical question to elicit a response of, well, I should just go for it, but it's genuinely, why should you not go for it? Because you might discover, hey, there are some really tangible qualifications that, that I just need in order to go for this. For example, if you are a nursing school student and you are trying to apply to a fellowship program designed for med school students focused in radiology, are you going to be a good fit for that? Is that really right for you? Do you can you make up for the lack of qualifications that you have given that you're not a, a, a pre-med student? The answer would probably be no, but you know better than I do. But these are the kinds of things that you do want to consider. Um, it also might depend on the organization or the, or the company or the employer that you're working with. For example, look at college applications. Some schools totally discard any application that comes from a student who doesn't meet a certain SAT or ACT score. So. If you're looking at something like that, where you know if you don't have these on paper qualifications, you're not even going to have a chance, probably shouldn't waste your time. But many schools, they don't put as much weight on those on those test scores. It's it's not as much of a priority to them and they will give you the time of the day. It's the same thing in the workforce. Um, you'll go to companies who require a college degree and that's something that's starting to change now. Companies like Google, Apple, Apple Tesla, are starting to you know, ease back on, on that being a priority because they know that they can find candidates who are truly, truly talented, truly passionate, truly driven and have huge growth potential. They just may not have a college degree, but there will still be other, other companies who will require that, right? So do your research and genuinely ask why not? Um, once you've established what those those why not answers are, so whether it's, okay, I don't have the proper degree or I don't have any experience in this field. Maybe you're you're making a, a change in your major or a change in career and now you're coming into this totally new industry. Get very clear about what that why not is. And I would encourage you to write down the why and the why not. Now, my advice is when you go forth to apply to these programs, to interview or you know to take your shot at these job opportunities or schools i think many people are tempted to hide the why not to maybe hide the fact that they don't have much or or any experience in that particular industry um, to hide their age to hide their lack of education um, and what i would say is that only breeds dishonesty between you and that person who you're working with and it also just doesn't keep you in integrity and I would also say that it's actually to your advantage to be honest about the why not from the get-go. Um, two reasons. One, it gives you a pulse of, of what that employer thinks of that. So in the case of a job, like their reaction might be, 
sorry, like we, you don't have a college degree. We just can't hire you. Okay, great. You know, you're not wasting your time. You're not wasting their time, but the response might be different. Okay. You know, we would prefer for you to have a college degree, but let's, let's keep talking and let's see how this goes. Okay. So you know that they're open to it. Um, second, it gives you a chance to make up for that lack of qualifications in other ways that maybe other more qualified candidates can't really speak to. So for example, let's say that you're switching majors. Well, you're gonna come in to, to that new academic program with a totally new and fresh perspective than anyone else who has been on that track the entire time. That makes you different in a very, very valuable way. It's the same thing in the workforce. If you're switching from one industry to another, to one field to another, to one type of position to another, that's of huge, huge value. You look at people who make a switch from the humanities to the hard sciences, and they come with a completely different perspective than someone who has always been on a track to be an engineer, who has always been on track to be a software developer. Um, and oftentimes that's that's really, really advantageous. So take that opportunity to, to be honest about who you are and also to show, but hey, you know, this is what makes me different. This is the experience that I do have and how it actually makes me more valuable than another candidate that you might look at who is who is more qualified than I am. All right, now that we've talked about the whys, the why not, you go for it. And let's say you get it. So congrats. That's awesome. You did it. Um, but now the pressure gets real, right? Um, now you have to rise to the challenge, despite being more underqualified than your colleagues, the people you work with, or your peers at that particular school. You now have this shot to, to really prove yourself and, and to make it a great experience. Now, if you've been forthcoming about your lack of experience or your lack of education in that particular academic field or that particular industry, um, my encouragement to you would be to find a mentor or seek help. Um, if you're going into a new job, you'll probably be, be, you'll be trained up. So you'll have someone who is training you and make the absolute most of that time. Ask the stupid questions, ask to shadow someone and, and have them demonstrate things to you. Um, but also don't be afraid to take initiative. I think a trap that a lot of people fall into is just underestimating and undervaluing themselves. And my encouragement to you is that if you get that shot, you're meant to be there. They saw something in you. They they know that from, what, from all that they know about you, that you can rise to the challenge, that you can succeed in this. And so my encouragement to you would be to believe that for yourself. My second tip would be, don't be surprised if you find that in order to be successful in this, you do have to work a little bit harder than everyone else. Um, that's the catch that comes with going for something when when maybe on paper you don't have all the qualifications and all the credentials that, that you traditionally should have. You're going to have some catch up work, so please don't be surprised when that happened. Um, my own experience in this, um, moving into the world of, of software development and software engineering with zero experience in such a field meant that I had a huge learning curve. So I had a lot to learn from my mentors and the people who were around me and my colleagues and our developers. But I also put in a lot of time on my own taking online courses through Udemy and Coursera to learn about the C-sharp coding language, to learn about software architecture. And I do a lot of that on my own time. Um, but because I was forthcoming and very, very clear when I came into this position that, hey, I'm coming out of high school, I don't have experience in this, then my employer was aware of that. 
we were able to work together to ensure that I'm always being challenged, but I'm not taking on too much too soon and ultimately putting myself and the company at risk, right? Um, but my employer was then able to help me to learn and continues to help me to learn because I need to, because I am underqualified, right? So don't be surprised if you do have to put in some extra work. Um, my encouragement to you would be to embrace it and to celebrate the fact that you have an opportunity to learn from people who are better than you. You're out of your comfort zone and I truly believe that that's the only way that you grow. My final tip would be to keep focusing on what makes you different. Um, I think oftentimes when we find ourselves in a new community or a new group of people, we have this craving to want to belong. So in college, for example, just, just wanting to belong and, and fit in with your peer group and wanting to be like everyone else, um, that is very real and I totally get it. And it's the same thing when you'll be kicked out to the real world, um, you'll be working with other people, you'll want to relate to them and have the same interests and, and have the same working style. But my encouragement to you would be to stay different. Um, Think about the things that you emphasized when you were interviewing or going for this opportunity. You said, okay, here's the why not. Here's why I'm not qualified. Here's why you could go out and find other candidates who are probably on paper better than me. But here's what makes me different. I'm an incredibly fast learner. I'm really hardworking. I, I, just, I just stay late and work harder than anyone else. I'm super passionate. I come from this other academic program and industry and these other experiences that although they might not directly line up, here are the skills X, Y, and Z that these opportunities gave me and that I'm bringing forth now. Think about those things and don't be afraid to retain them and to keep working on them and to keep bringing them and infusing them in your work. Um, I think an example for me is I've always loved writing and like creative writing, professional writing, I love to write. So in the job that I have now, I've taken on the role of facilitating all of our investor relations via email and writing, um, reviewing our business plan and updating that over time, writing our patents, things like that. So I'm able to channel that skill that maybe if someone came in and was a software developer or was you know previously you know a manager in another larger company, they might not have had that skill in writing that I had developed, you know, truly as a student. And so focus on those skills that make you different and don't be afraid to, to let them shine. But with all that said, I can't go without recognizing that you're probably going to go for different opportunities in life and nine out of 10 times, you might not get it. They will tell you that you are too underqualified, that you're too young, that you're too old, that you don't have enough experience. Uh, this is going to happen. So start expecting it now. But what do you expect of yourself? Do you expect to be held back by those limiting statements and labels that can be put on us? Um, or are you just going to go for it and recognize that, hey, maybe nine out of 10 times I'm going to quote fail, but that one opportunity that, that hits, I'm going to make the absolute most of it. There will always be someone with more experience, with more credentials, with more qualifications than you. But maybe, just maybe, the experience you do have, combined with your drive and your passion, they actually make you uniquely qualified, not unqualified. And the right opportunities are going to come. You just have to be willing to take your shot and, and miss a few of them. So the only question is, what do you have that others don't? My encouragement to you would be, Focus on that. Don't hide it. 
Don't hide the fact that you're young, that you're inexperienced, and that you bring fresh perspectives because of it, that you bring fresh passion and fresh drive and a real work ethic. Those are the things that straight up, like money cannot buy that. A college degree cannot give you that. So start focusing on these skills that will never lose their value. And I promise you will find that being the underdog isn't so bad after all. It's actually pretty cool. So I hope that this is helpful to you. Please drop some comments on our YouTube channel or on Instagram if you have any other tips or insights on you know what it means to be the underdog, being underqualified, being unqualified, and going for the opportunities that light you up anyways. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. And that's a wrap to this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our mission is to deliver insights and advice that will empower you to jumpstart your life in high school, college, your career, and beyond. But the real talk doesn't stop here. To spread the message of Real College Talk, share this episode with someone who you know could benefit from it. Keep the conversation going and reach out to realcollegetalk101 at gmail.com to let us know what topics and guests you hope to hear from next. Nikhil! Did you know we're on seven podcasting platforms? Are you for real? We always keep it real here at RCT. To catch our real talk, listen on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or visit anchor.fm slash realcollegetalk for more options. Wait, Morgan, you're forgetting one more thing. Oh, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at realcollegetalk. We love featuring our guests and connecting with listeners like you. In the meantime... Keep it real. Keep it real.